0: What's up, what's up? Welcome back to In the Lab with Hoopsology. I have the pleasure of being joined by my co-host Justin Goodrum. What's up, man? Sup, dude. How's it going? Oh, going pretty well. Doing Christmas preparation. The house smells of delicious cookies that my <laughs> wife makes every year for Christmas. Awesome. <laughs> so uh it's gonna be another great Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Merry yeah. Christmas to the listeners, by the way. It's 23rd but not too early to say it (laughs) um how uh how do your christmases usually go do you usually uh are you kind of more like buy your gifts way out in advance or do you more like procrastinate till the end
1: um this year was unusual just says uh, a lot of just uh good things personally but just a lot of just kind of organizing things so we kind of gave our gifts uh my girlfriend and i early so um we both right got on. our gifts early pretty much and then i gave my family their gifts and i think you got your gifts and then my brother got their his gifts so pretty much everybody got their gifts early instead of christmas um awesome that's how i'm rolling this year at least
0: right on yeah kind of the same thing for me as well which is out of the ordinary like mm-hmm. usually i'm still doing a lot more stuff but i mean again i i have to credit my wife a lot she <laughs> she really keeps us in order and, and on track as far as that goes so i definitely have to praise her for that um but yeah we we're set pretty early this year so uh so it's been really nice um kind of relax into the weekend and enjoy some good times with family for sure um real quick about the show we have been, um, you know, a little bit slowed down with the games lately or with the podcast, much like the NBA has been slowed down with games. We'll talk about that. Uh, but we have had some great interviews recently, um, some really in- relevant info still on our podcast feed there. Um with our recent interview with Lindsay Dunn uh, that has gotten some good traction at least on the YouTube end from what what I see and usually look at from our numbers actually I uh, just want to give a shout out to everyone following and say thank you because it it has been a great month for us with subscribers and uh, things like that. So, just another month of growth for the show. Really appreciate that. And just want to say thank you uh, for this entire season, for last season supporting the show. You guys who have been there for a long time and you guys who are just joining in, uh, we really appreciate that support. And we hope you enjoy the content that we're putting up. And we have a lot more to come, too. We have a lot more banked that we're looking forward to releasing, and uh, a lot more to come in the upcoming weeks as the season hopefully rolls along uh, and and let's talk about that um you know i, I do want to keep things joyful as we head into christmas but man i've i'm gonna sound like the grinch for a little while here because it, it's unavoidable in the league right now right justin I, I don't think there's much positive that we can say from the last few weeks it's been scattered less than full rosters uh, I'll pull this up here. It's from hashtag basketball.com. So shout out to them. But this is just a list of postponed games. And since Tuesday, December 14th, where the Bulls and Pistons game was postponed, we have had nine postponed games, uh, including one that was postponed even tonight as we record this. The Blazers versus the Nets was postponed. So nine postponed games already um and of course this is because of safety protocols uh from the league exclusively. Uh if you take a look this is uh for you guys watching this is from hoopsrumors.com uh, and this is last year the 2020 2021 NBA season just kind of a running ticker I'll I'll kind of scroll down but the difference here is a lot of these games were postponed as well because of weather impacts. Um, like you probably remember the the cold front that hit Houston hard last season. They had to postpone a game for that. There was one in Minneapolis for some, um, well, civil unrest is how this article puts it. Um, so there are some other factors there as well, but we are heading to a point that, you know, I guess the main thing I'd point out from this is that these dates on this list that I'm scrolling through here are all from January on when the league started last year. As, as everybody knows, and I know you well know, Justin, the, the league started off late last year in January. So in terms of looking at things from like a safety protocol thing, we know, and, and I'm not here to drop any like COVID knowledge on anyone or anything like that, So, so I'm not – looking for YouTube fact checkers or anything like that to light me up. But, but what we do here does sound like Omicron is more contagious. Hopefully it is quite a bit milder than Delta. Um, But you would expect from a league standpoint that since last season started in January and there are all these health and safety protocols, this stuff spreads in colder months, especially when we're more indoors, it seems. So you would expect that trend to continue into next year, unfortunately. So, I don't know, Justin. I, I don't even know what to ask you in terms of what uh, to expect the next couple of months. But just kind of, what are your thoughts on the last couple of weeks, and where do you think this goes? Do you think there's any s- solution in sight to this?
1: Uh, quick things. So we could talk about this forever. About try to be yeah, concise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number one, the main thing. Adam Silver was on ESPN the other day. Basically saying there's no chance of, you know, postponing or canceling or delaying the season. And I think you have to compare this to the NHL, where there's plenty of Canadian teams and they have stricter government standards. So just to make it clear between the leagues, NHL has Canada to do with the NBA. There's only the Raptors. So I don't see the NBA ending up in a bubble situation or postponement. I don't see that happening. Um in terms of what's happening now, this is kinda of what's to be expected. I, I think it's one of those things where the NBA is extremely cautious. I think to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, just because you're placed in the COVID protocol doesn't mean you have COVID. It's if you come in contact with somebody who might have correct. the virus. So it it's kind of a it's a double whammy situation in terms of just the NBA taking direct precautions. So overall this is not Shocking to me, and there's going to be postponement of games that's to be expected. And you know, it's going to be a bummer if Christmas Day is affected, and we'll talk about that later. But, um, you know, I think with this Omicron variant, if what the media is saying about South Africa is to be believed in terms of seeing a heavy wave and then it was to decrease, if that were the same thing to happen to America, hopefully things can just be more moderate as, as we're dealing with things and things are evolving as well. And I think we're seeing also, and we'll have to wait and see years to see how this plays out, but the players have gotten COVID at least to my knowledge, there's been a lesser percentage of them, a very minute percentage that have suffered like long-term consequences in terms of when they've gotten the virus. So overall it's one of those things where, Hey, you know, there, there's treatment down the pipeline. There, we know a lot more. A lot of players are vaccinated. You know, you get it, you isolate, you just, you know, you do all the correct things, you come back and you're okay. I, I think that's the best we can hope for. So, overall, while it sucks, I'm not panicking just because I think we're in a much better spot than last year. I mean, I can just remember my girlfriend and I coming up to Denver during this time and everything was shut down, even in Colorado. It was just craziness in terms of capacity limits, in terms of where you can eat. And we're not at that point as we were last year, despite the uptick in cases. So um, overall, uh, despite the postponements I know this is affecting all of sports, I'm not super worried once we get into mid
0: January February I think things will level off at least I hope Is there you know you, we've talked with several guests about this we've yeah. talked with each other about mm-hmm. this you know about the bubble season was it legitimate or not legitimate mm-hmm. you know it was so unique etc I mean do you think is there any fear that, I mean you mentioned not being worried of course but is there any sort of fear that you know, having rather than like a two month chunk of time, like last year, having like a three or four month chunk of time of potential postponements, does that hurt the legitimacy of this season or does it hurt the enjoyment of the season more so than last year? Because, you know, all our conversations with guests, I mean, everyone across the board has enjoyed the rule changes lots of positive storylines about this season early on. And then basically it's like the last two weeks since these postponements started, you know, it's, it's just been kind of more on the negative side, understandably so because we all have COVID fatigue as well. Just hearing about it and dealing with it. However we are. Yeah.
1: I feel you, I I think to answer your question, I think there'd be more disappointments in terms of the games being delayed, per se, um, I think it's one of those things where I think the league is now discussing decreasing the number of days in which players are in quarantine. Um, that's something that the NFL has started to do. So, to me, if I'm Adam Silver, hopefully they have you know enough, you know, test on a consistent basis to make sure that players are clear and they can come back into the lineup. Whatever you think about LeBron and whether he got COVID or not, he was cleared. So hopefully with a lot of these players, we're going to see more precise testing. So, you know, a player can miss a game or two or something. Um, I think overall, I think, like I said before, I think by February March, by the way things are looking, I think things are going to be handle in a in a correct manner and hopefully with treatment, as we've seen, you know, coming recently down the pipeline, I think that's where we're gonna start to see things change because you're gonna see players just taking this treatment just so they can be out on the floor. So they can just hey, I I got COVID, I'm taking it so that I just don't test positive. Even you know, despite the effects, I can just go out and be on the floor with my teammates. So I think overall, you're talking about the enjoyment of this season. I think it's one of those things where we're just happy to see fans back and things kind of look normal just compared to the last two years Just with the bubble as cool as I think it was in some aspects. I think there was a lot of negativity in this terms of dismissing the fans. And then last season, just where it was just weird. We had, there was no fans, and then fans came back in limited capacities. It's a strange situation compared to this season where for the most part we've had um, full capacity for games so despite the postponements i think there's going to be a positive outlook on this season um i think worst doomsday scenario this if omicron just stays on you know into the spring months i think that's where you're going to see more just kind of a you know sadder faces out there but if, if we're just seeing this wave and things happen to kind of level off i think this will only be kind of a bump in the road in the grand scheme of things
0: yeah, it's, it's fascinating to watch just from something that is entirely new and, and kind of has set a new precedent. Like, mm-hmm. the NBA, I think, was at a fork in the road, along with all sports leagues, when this pandemic broke. They chose caution, which I, I don't think anyone fault them for. I mean, everyone was doing that. It uh, wasn't out of the norm. Uh, then they chose, like, basically, like, maximum security with with the bubble and then as this progressed um the nba kind of took a non-stance this year which i think is an interesting move given how divided and i i don't want to get too into the weeds with this i know everyone's sick of it but but the nba's approach specifically was well we're gonna let whatever your city is doing whether that be the state guidelines that yeah. the city is under or the city mandate specifically like Chicago, like for your Chicago bulls, they just threw down a mandate this week. That's pretty strict. Um, so therefore now that team has to follow that mandate. And that was basically the NBA stance. And I think that's really interesting and something we might not have seen under a David Stern led NBA, where I think he as maybe more of an aggressive, just business minded, like um, grow the league or or like preserve the product. I, I don't know that he would have been as willing to comply, to be honest, with um, these these rules that are coming in from the cities. I think there may have been a little bit more pushback that like, hey, we are going to lose X amount of profit if we postpone this game and if we postpone this game after. So let's push against that. Um, I don't know that it would have gone down that way, but I do think there's more of a chance of that with Stern, but it's kind of like once you set the precedent that uh, you're going to follow these mandates, it's almost like now you're having and, and with how the nets reacted in this Kyrie Irving situation, it's kind of like the league is following the stricter, uh mandates because you're you're just kind of forced to because you travel and you play in other arenas um on the road so anyway i know i said a lot that obviously you know justin and a lot of people listening know but it's a fascinating study in sports business because i do think the end game here of getting past this and like no more postponements it's not going to happen until we aren't so obsessed with like testing everyone. And until that calms down, I'm not saying it should right now. I'm not trying to push one for you or another, uh, but ideally the way out of this is hopefully we continue to see good data from Omicron. And then this can be less of a concern that it's less intense. Maybe hopefully we're all hoping for that. And then they don't have to worry about testing for it next season or whenever that happens. You know, who knows when that's going to be uh-huh. at this point. Um, but I, I think that's the natural end game to this. I think as, as long as players are going to be tested as frequently as they are, um, it, we're going to see potential for postponements like this, even into next season. I could see yeah. it. Me too. Uh, I think you're right. I think it doesn't derail the NBA, especially right now, given that. Uh, other sports leagues are having the same issues. I think there's some understanding there for sure. Um, And there's not going to be a backlash. Um, I don't think they can ever go back in a bubble again. Like realistically, I I think that was a one and done type of thing. Um, But anyway, I, I find this all fascinating, uh, like kind of the ins and outs of it. Like I said, I know we're all tired of talking about COVID, but it's been the biggest headline in, in the league the past few weeks. And I think it was worth, talking about, you know. Any other thoughts on that, Justin?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think it's interesting from a team sports standpoint, if I mean look, I mean this was an unprecedented situation. You know, you there's always I mean, you know, everybody goes through it in terms of, you know, like a car accident or any kind of unexpected health bill. You don't expect it to happen, but what if it does? And I think in this situation this does happen. So our leagues gonna have a contingency plan when, you know, we live with COVID and we don't have to deal with these postponements. If something else does happen again, I think the playbook, I just, I'm just thinking of this comes from like the UFC and WWE where they have performance centers built. It was originally was not built for this, but it happened to be this way in terms of when the pandemic first happened, they're able to send all of their fighters or talent into one place and and do shows there and still produce the revenue for the television partners. So I'm just wondering for if you're the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, if you have just a, either a stadium or an arena or a building arena, this is kind of like a safe place just in case it's like your bubble situation, like an emergency. So maybe in normal years, you know, you do a summer league and it's just – in normal circumstances you might just play like you know a couple of exhibition games there. But in a matter of some kind of emergency where you need to make up games, hey, fans can all go there. They can travel this place. They can play in this in this safe bubble where fans can go watch them. You can make up those games in the league, makes up that revenue. Now you lose out term in terms of your home court fans. But in terms of your television partners, you still get those games back. And that contingency plan is there. So uh, that's what I'm looking at, if they're going to still up, take a page from the UFC's and uh, WWE's book in the future. so
0: Yeah, I think we're at a place where everyone in the NBA is kind of playing nice, so mm-hmm. to speak, right now. And, and I do think there is a limit on that, especially like from the owner's side with how long are we going to take these hits in profit? where then the owners band together, if this continues to be an issue and they press Adam silver about it and like, Hey, yeah. maybe we just test like our high risk staff um, and not test players who seem to be lower risk. You know, you mentioned earlier uh, very few players having reported um, that, that we know of um, long-term severe effects from COVID and, um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, obviously it's something that we'll continue to look at because mm-hmm. we have to as we follow mm-hmm. along with the NBA here. Um, so hopefully, you know, I guess one of the, the brighter sides of this, one of the silver linings is that we've gotten to see some familiar faces <laughs> return to the NBA courts. Uh, Isaiah Thomas finally getting picked up on a 10-day contract by the Lakers, he put up 18 points in his debut. That was kind of cool to see. Um, I saw Joe. Joe Johnson is back in the league. He's on the Celtics. Uh, and then Lance Stevenson also got called up. Um, Chancey Lancey. So uh, so we've seen uh, some interesting things. There have been, you know, really funny memes going around of, like, Jason Kidd coming back or, like, <laughs> Dwayne Wade, you know. Uh, so there's been at least a little bit of fun with that. Uh, but, of course, that's because of how chaotic it's been with the rosters. Um, real quickly, let's kind of end on some higher notes here. Let's sure. look at the standings. Um, games are still going on. In spite of some games being postponed, There, there is still action going on. So definitely thankful for that. Um, the Bulls and the Nets are sitting at, at the top of the East, Nets in first, Bulls in second. Interestingly enough, both of them have had the most, they're tied for the most yeah. games postponed, along with the Raptors at three of their games have been postponed uh, to this point. But both of those teams sitting pretty at the top of the East. Um, so quick one through four, number one, the Nets, number two, the Bulls, number three, the Heat, which is pretty surprising to me this this late into the season, even though it's still yeah. early, I've, I thought they were going to be a lot lower. They've they've mm-hmm. been resilient, That's true. Uh, so credit to them. And the Bucks are at number four. They are tied uh, same record as the Heat at twenty and thirteen. Really, when you look at the East, the we're still pretty close when it comes to the sixth seed um, and the eleven seed. Still pretty close there. Another thing, Justin, that that I noticed when I was looking at the East standings is that. The Knicks have been on a continual slide for a while Man. here, and it's getting to that point. They're sitting at the 12th seed, so they're not even in the play-in tournament at this point. Uh, sitting at 14 and 18, of course, that can turn around. They're 3 and 7 in their last 10, but you do kind of start to wonder if last season was a fluke or if if they're going to bounce back. We know they're in the mix for a lot of trade rumors. Um they just picked up Daniel House, who was waived by the Rockets. Uh, so they're going to test him out as kind of a 3-and-D guy. Any thoughts on the Eastern Conference, Justin? Any, anything I missed?
1: Um, No, I agree with you. I would say with the Knicks, I would be very concerned right now because yeah. everybody's kind of in the middle of the pack. And really, as much as you know, I'm, I'm a huge Bulls fan, but they're not a phenomenal team. They're a good team, but they're beatable. And the Knicks have, mm-hmm. they beat them. The Knicks beat the Bulls earlier this season. So I think it's it's one of those things where if I'm the, the Knicks, it's kind of a situation in, in terms of do you think Julius Randle's going to lead you to the promised land? I think that's the ultimate question. I like Julius Randle. I like what he brings, but he's, you know, he's prone to make some mistakes in the fourth quarter. So I think that's to be determined. What I'm interested in is really the Cavaliers. Uh, that is a massive shock. And Sitting really
0: five seed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I would say even with the Knicks, I think the more desperate situation is going to be the Hawks, Sixers and Celtics. I mean, specifically if you're a boss, because at least with the Sixers, you have the Ben Simmons drama. I mean, Embiid you know, has his injury woes. I mean, he can kind of like excuse that a little bit. But with the Celtics, it's kind of what do you do with Tatum and Brown? I mean, right. these are two guys. I mean, with, I talked to Sean Grande earlier this year. It's like fan base is impatient. Like at this point, these are two all star caliber players, and if I was a Celtics fan, I'm like, what is happening here? Like, it's just yeah. it. It's apparent that these two guys are very, they're elite level athletes, and it can't coexist. It's it's a it's a it's a mystery to me. Because it's weird because people don't understand how Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can't play together. I, it makes sense to me, where one guy is clearly an elite player, one like guy is not. But with Boston, you have clear two elite all stars. They just they can't stay together. I mean, we've seen with Jordan Hayward, we've seen with Kyrie, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I, I, so I think it's going to be a lot of desperation when we see you know March, April, and I. I think it's one of those things where before you would see even the 13th seed, like the Pacers, even like the Knicks, the Rafters, really teams that would normally tank. I think it's going to be a battle. I think we see a lot of great games, you know, 13 through the one seed. So I think it, it helps the lead in that regard.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, definitely – one of the nice things about Christmas Day games—not mm-hmm. to, to jump the gun too much here—but there's there's a lot of kind of prove it teams on that Christmas Day. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you on the Celtics, especially with the Eastern Conference being, I think, more competitive. But mm-hmm. also, there's been like with the COVID craziness lately, and then with just inconsistency overall, like teams struggling that we didn't think we're going to struggle, like the Hawks, for example, Um, there's also been kind of opportunity there in the East where, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think the Celtics should have a better record than the Nets or the Bucks, but you know, I wouldn't have shocked me if the Celtics outplayed, for example, uh, well, I mean, certainly the Cavs and the wizards, but like even, even like the heat Mm -hmm. just for like level of effort, maybe not talent on the roster, but level of effort during the regular season. So it's, uh, it's interesting there, you know, obviously new head coach. Um, so they, they've still got a lot to figure out there and those guys have played together for a while now to where I think, you know, you've changed coaches, you've made that move. Um, so what's next? That's, that's what we got to see this season. And then wouldn't surprise me if, if there's some other big changes there, but, more to come on that. Let's take a quick look at the West, and then we still got to talk about Christmas Day. <laughs> um, Suns and Warriors, two best teams in the league to this point. Suns at twenty-five and five. Warriors at twenty-five and six. And Clay still isn't back at this point, so they could get even better. Certainly, will get even a little bit deeper. Uh Jazz are at number three, 21 and 9, been very consistent. The Grizzlies, the shocker team on this top four mm-hmm. at 19 and 13, sitting in that fourth seed. Clippers still hanging tough. Lakers struggling, but hey, they're they're the sixth seed. Um, it's pretty competitive here in the West from basically the nine seed up to. I guess the four seed it's a little more narrow in the West. There's a little more space from the top to that next kind of second tier, like Grizzlies down. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of interesting stuff happening in the West of late. Uh, I think, most notably, of course, the Suns and Warriors being on fire, as we mentioned earlier. They seem to be, we were talking earlier, and and you mentioned it, and I totally agree with you. I mean, they seem to be the odds-on favorite to be that Western Conference Finals. And I didn't think the Lakers were going to make it that far this season. I I said it since our preview podcast. I just didn't think we would be feeling that way this early in the season. Like, I, I didn't think that was going to look so obvious. Like I I thought here I am making this (laughs) hot take statement. And really it's, it's not, uh, it's not all that hot takey Justin, your thoughts on, on the West right now, how things are looking.
1: Uh, I won't go on. Not too much. I agree with you. Um, I think it's cool to see, you know, where we had our, uh, our friends on earlier, just talking about the NBA and just talking about how the Suns really, since the bubble, they've been the team arguably in sports that yeah. have really just risen um, since since the bubble. And they have been a mainstay as a top team within not only the Western Conference, but the NBA. So that's cool to see, um, as well as the Warriors. Um, I think it's really interesting to see really teams that was really kind of forgotten about, like the Clippers and even like the Nuggets, like hanging in there. The Nuggets, yeah, you know, they, they're a good team even when they're depleted. I mean, they played – Chicago. I mean, they had some moments where they just like kind of gave up, which that's concerning. But when they played hard, I mean, they were an elite-level, elite-level team. I mean, with Aaron Gordon and Will Barton, I mean, they got really some good players there um, willing to step up. So I'm not surprised that they're 500 at, at this point. Um, I think the question comes to the Trailblazers. What's going to happen with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum? I think uh-huh. that's where you're looking at compared to the rest of the teams. I mean, you know, look at the Pelicans, Zion, whatever. The Thunder, they're rebuilding. Kings have their own issues just with um, Fox and the, kind of the rest of the team, as well as getting a new coach. The Spurs are going through their weird process. The Rockets are rebuilding. So, really, 10 on, really 11 on 15, you know, whatever. But I think with the Trailblazers, that's going to be something to keep your eyes on with the fate of Damian Lillard at this point. I can see it kind of going either way. That's
0: a team that definitely needs to make a trade, needs to do something Mm -hmm. at the deadline. So I think they're going to be pretty desperate to do that. That could be a situation where they get fleeced too Mm -hmm. in in a trade where they kind of overreach on that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I would echo what you said about the Nuggets. Like I I really respect them not rolling over and dying after already not having Jamal Murray entering the season, and then the Michael Porter Jr. news, which is terrible. Um, You know, I mean, shout out to Jokic, of course. That's why he was MVP last year. He makes um, his whole team better. He elevates everyone on the court. No way the Mavericks should have the same record as the Nuggets, given all that's gone on. Like, the the Mavericks are kind of the disappointment on the list in many ways. But it's tight. Especially from that like five through you know nine there. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, another week, and things could look a lot different, which is one of the things that's been great about this season. But you're right, it's it's also kind of weird to have the uh, like stinky bottom four teams be in the west now. Right. that's that's true. definitely different true. this it's year. True. Yeah,, uh, usually that's that's been in the east, as we yeah. all know. Sure. Uh, so let's look at Christmas Day real quick. A lot of games to be excited for. Um, a lot of prove it teams on here, like these in these four, three of these teams I would say have a lot to prove. The Hawks, where have you guys been this year? What's been going on? <laughs> Why aren't you a top three seed? That's true. The Knicks, are you guys going to be, you know, are you are you going to be equal? Are you just gonna be mediocre like you were last year? Are you even going to get to that point? Uh, Celtics, what are you guys? Can you guys work together? We talked about that. Um, so a lot of teams to watch for. Celtics versus Bucks is usually a pretty fun matchup. It's it's a tough matchup for the Celtics because, like with just about any team in the league, it's like how do you deal with Giannis? Um, and then of course you have the headline games here. Nets versus Lakers is star studded, but I'm much more interested as I I think you would agree in Warriors versus Suns. That's kind of a look. That's the main event. Yeah. Yeah. That's our, our Western conference preview right there. You know, we've had meaningful matchups on Christmas day. The NBA always does a good job. I remember uh, the last one that felt really impactful, at least to me was Cavs versus warriors was one of the christmas day games and it came right down to the wire mm-hmm. it it did feel like teams were trying to flex knowing that they were going to have a lot of eyes on them also have mavericks versus the jazz again actually i would say even with the jazz i mean these are both teams that have a lot to prove the mavericks much more so but the jazz need to show something when it comes to playoff time at at this point point. Uh, they've been so good in the West for so many years during the regular season, and then it just uh, kind of the wheels come off when the playoffs hit. Any um, any other thoughts about the Christmas Day games? Uh, I hope they don't get
1: canceled <laughs> or postponed. Yeah. gosh, how much of a bummer <laughs> I, would that be? <laughs> I mean, that,
0: that's Fingers crossed. Um, other I mean, than- I guess in New York, that's yeah. when you have to keep your eye on. For sure. Pops versus Knicks. Yeah. Uh, any of these, of course, there's potential, but I would say and I guess the uh, Nets Lakers yeah. being in L.A. Yeah. Uh, where things are a little more strict. Yeah. Uh, say. It's touch and go. Yeah.
1: Um, But the Warriors Suns, I think that'll be exciting to see. Both teams would be up for that game. And I think all teams will be up. To, I mean, it's one of those things you can't really, you know, relax, especially yeah. these games are being postponed and who knows it could be made up. I mean that's kind of a question mark. You would hope so, but you never know. So it's one of those things. You need every game. Every game means so much, and especially with Brooklyn, where they, they've you know they're in kind of the running as the the team with the most games postponed so far. You may not get mm-hmm. those games back, you yeah. know, and that might cost them the one seed. when We're looking at March, April. So that's I think true. all these games are fairly important as this year compared to years past. But it, it should be fun
0: to watch, nevertheless absolutely absolutely well we will be back very soon we've got more to do even before this year is over so we'll be back you guys stay tuned uh, appreciate you tuning in shout out to mark in the chat we see you there <laughs> yeah. um and uh i just uh just want to say thank you it's it's been really fun and again wish you all a merry christmas especially to you justin always a pleasure doing this um Lots more great things to come. Looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. Merry Christmas to you, Matt. And thank you for coming on this ride with me. And thank you to all our guests that have joined the show. Yeah. Um, all their insights, all their content, that they're really on the front lines in terms of covering the teams on a day-to-day basis. Uh, we have two interviews that we've done um, earlier uh, in november that we're planning on releasing as well so stay tuned for that that'll be kind of a late uh, christmas present those are on the way as, as well as some additional content as well as well as in the lab so uh, check that out matt That's an awesome job with that um as always and just yeah tr- truly appreciate um yes your friendship as always and just uh, you <laughs> coming on
0: this ride with me man appreciate it likewise man we're gonna get out of here everybody be well have a very merry christmas have a great holiday break uh, and happy new year we'll be in touch with you guys again real soon though we'll have some content for you to listen to if if you got some downtime so take care till next time peace out you guys see ya